we want to just minister today and believe God to touch many of you and uh, to help many of you. And uh, I want to share with you. Yesterday I was sharing just uh, about being filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> being filled with the Spirit of God. And we just shared one of the keys is about praying in tongues and building your spirit man. We shared a second key was about learning how to yield and surrender uh, intentionally your inner life to the Holy Spirit. And uh, we saw also another key is meditating, uh, meditating in the Word of God, using your imagination to see truth until your heart believes truth. And I didn't get to uh, finish the message, but the other two keys or things that help you, uh, another one is learning to flow with the Holy Spirit because as you surrender to working with the Holy Spirit, He increases His anointing over you. In other words, give away what God's given you and it'll grow. And the last key that we didn't get to share on was generosity, intentional generosity. And uh, because generosity seems to position you for God to continue to fill you. And I found that mean people are never filled with the Holy Ghost. But people filled with the Holy Ghost are usually generous. And uh, so there's always a connection between generosity and being filled with the Holy Spirit. We saw on the Feast of Pentecost how one of the commands that God gave them, uh, apart from celebrating this, uh, uh, this feast, was that they be generous. And I'm just delighted to see, wow, every cell group doing something. That's fantastic. What a great vision. I love it. Really love it. So I'm going to share with you something out of uh, that the Lord has been quickening to me. I just want to talk about the rest of faith, the rest that faith brings, rest that faith brings. I was, I was interested to see that you were preaching, Pastor, out of that scripture uh, with Elijah. And it's interesting in that it says, God said to Elijah, I, you know, when he went, he said, I'm going to send you to this place and I've already commanded a widow to feed you. Isn't this interesting? Here's two things about that. One, God uses people you don't expect to provide for you. We tend to think that God's provision will come through big things, big people, rich people. I've never seen it happen yet. God chose a widow. And God wants to use someone ordinary like you to bring a breakthrough in someone else's life. So don't wait till you got a lot. You could just be the widow that's just down to the last amount. But as you give in to what God is doing, and you give to what God is doing, not just to anything. The second thing we noticed there is that God had commanded the provision. God had already gone ahead of Elijah and made the command to the widow. She already had the command in her heart to provide. I can't imagine what she must have gone through as all her resources ran out. She's got one meal left and the, and the prophet comes. But she had the command of God and the promise of God. Isn't it interesting that giving needs to come out of that directing of the Holy Spirit to where God wants it to go. And it goes always to where God's anointing is flowing, where his heart is flowing. And that's where we start to see God really bringing increase. We, I was in need of a desperate need of a miracle for one of our family members some years back. And the Lord said, I want you to give as you pray. And so I took a great offering and I gave the offering as the Lord gave. And we had a, an amazing miracle breakthrough in her life, literally a turning around. It took about three months, and then God encountered her and her life turned around. I am absolutely convinced that when we listen to God and give where he tells us to give, that we see favor and breakthroughs come. It's just you can never outgive God. Never, never outgive God. Praise the Lord. Well, before we look at the rest of faith, I just want to pray for a few people. And uh, Jesus uh, is an amazing person. You find when Jesus ministered, he ministered in an environment that often was very hostile. I mean, he was surrounded by people waiting to catch every word and to, uh, to accuse him. He was surrounded by people who were critical of him, and yet in the midst of it, he was able to flow. He was surrounded by pressures, constant pressures of people. Yet one of the things you find about Jesus is he remained at rest or at peace within. And we're going to just, just show you in flowing in the Spirit how God, we must learn, if we're going to work with the Holy Spirit, how to be a, in a place of rest in our heart. You know, the, the, Jesus, the Spirit came on him like a dove, and the dove never rested on anyone that was troubled. Doves only come to a place of peace. That's why they're a symbol of peace. So Jesus' life remained aligned with heaven, aligned with the kingdom, and so he continued to flow in the anointing. And if you want the anointing to continue to flow in you, you have to make the Holy Spirit your friend and learn how to manage your inner life so you stay in a place of rest. 
So I'll just pray for some people. Now, this man here, just come on out. Praise the Lord. Okay, just give me a hand. Just close your eyes and just look out and reach out to the Lord. Now, in ministering to people or working with the Holy Spirit, I have found that the best thing is to be completely at rest. Now, what causes you not to be at rest is when you're fearful or stressed out or focused on yourself. So I've, I've noticed this, that if I think about myself and, oh, what am I going to do? What, am, what if nothing happens? All of that creates a stress. Your life is not at rest, and the Spirit of God doesn't move. But I found if I can just come to rest by just believing. So I found, you know, the Bible says to direct your eyes to the Lord. So you just direct your eyes onto Him. Just as, in a moment, as I just begin to direct my eyes towards Him, there's a flow of His Spirit, just like this. Notice just no effort just a flow so God puts his spirit in you joins to your spirit and you are responsible to manage your body and your soul and you'll build your spirit so there can be a flow of the life of God ready <laughs> how <are> you feeling <laughs> it's great isn't it eh? see it's like the atmosphere of God is all around us and we just the power of God just come see there's no stress in it Moving with the Holy Spirit, we must learn how to relax and to direct our heart to believe what God says. God says, I will come and I'll live within you. 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 <laughs> it's hard to stand, isn't it? <laughs> so presence of God. And when God comes to live within us, his presence flows through us and out of us. I was sharing yesterday about speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues builds your spirit, man. And the presence of God just flows. So before Jesus left, he promised he would give you his spirit so you would become empowered to face life's channel challenges and have something to give to others. But you have to learn to manage your inner life with the help of the Holy Spirit and come to rest. And I'll just show you some keys around that in a moment. That was good, wasn't it, eh? God bless. Boom! Holy don't touch him. <laughs> you feel the power of God <laughs> touching it. Ready? One more time. Ready? Three, two, one. Pow! And I have learned that God will work with us if there's faith. And for there to be faith, I've got to stop str struggling and striving and trying. Right, come on up. So one of the reasons we have so much difficulty and stress in our lives, it's not what's outside us, it's what is going on inside us. It's what we believe. If you believe God is with you, that God is helping you, that God protects you, then you can come to a place of relaxing and then see how God will work it out for you. There are things you do... But there's things God do. Just give me a hand. Thank you, Lord. We'll just close your eyes and reach out to him. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Just coming upon him now. So I don't have to stress about what will happen. I just know in a moment the Spirit of God will just come on him. He'll be touched. There it is now. One, two, three. Ooh, presence of God. No stressing. But I was believing inside that God is with me. His presence will flow and touch people. I believe it completely. And every day I have meditated. God is in me. I pray in tongues and I believe that as I pray in tongues, my spirit is being built. As I surrender to the Lord, his presence is there. And this is something that everyone can develop. Everyone can pray in tongues as much or as little as they like. Can I pray with you? Thank you, Lord. Just stand there. That's right. Reach your hands out to, to receive. Thank you, Lord. Just touch her right now. Come, Lord. Touch her. Touch her. Presence of God. It's almost like something surrounding me. It's the, the presence of God flowing. Now, I've done this in a way you can see, but imagine God's presence flowing through you in creativity, flowing through you, bringing ideas, flowing through you in your relationships, helping you. Now, God wants to do that. So I wanted to share something today out of uh, Matthew chapter 11. So let's have a look in Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. And this is what Jesus spoke. He said uh, in Matthew chapter 11, in verse 28, verse 28, 
And he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, or meek and humble, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Huh? Now notice this, come to me all. This is an invitation to everyone. And Jesus is inviting people who are weighed down and burdened and stressed with life. It's quite interesting that in spite of all the technology we have, the cell phones, the, the laptops, the iPads, the everything we have, that life has become more complex and people don't seem to be rested, they seem to be more stressed out. <laughs> Got to find out this and find out that. And uh, uh, one of the things I noticed when I had been traveling around and ministering, I was in a number of large churches in Australia, and uh, what I noticed was a common problem present among everyone. And these were the two problems. Number one was anxiety. Fear and uncertainty about their life and about their future. Second one was depression. Often that's created by anger or frustration because a person can't achieve what they're wanting and hoping to achieve. And I was surprised at the numbers of the people struggling with anxiety and depression. These are all young people, and they're, they're obviously doing well, they're successful, relatively successful, but internally their lives are stressed out or there's conflict going on inside. And I have found everywhere I go, there's people in church and their lives are conflicted on the inside and they're not able to enjoy their relationship with God as he intended. And so Jesus extends an invitation. So notice number one, this invitation is to all people. It's an invitation to everyone. If your life is in turmoil, your life is in stress, your life is in pressure, there's inner uh, lack of peace and you are finding you're stressed out, Jesus extends an invitation. Now notice that he also gives uh, some promises. Here's the promise. He says, I will give you rest. Now he's not saying you're going to lie down and do, have a sleep and do nothing. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about internal rest. He's talking about not being overwhelmed and in turmoil and under stress and under pressure. He's talking about coming to a place where you're confident that God is with you and will resolve and work things out with you. It's coming to a place where fear has diminished, where anxiety has diminished. It's coming to a place where you've come to rest and confidence in God and his faithfulness to you. You are at rest now, believing. So always in the Bible, there's a contrast between striving hard to make things happen and believing for things to happen. Believing for things to happen or believing for God to move comes when we get go, struggling in our own effort and learn to just have confidence in him and his word. And so notice what he says. He says, I will give you rest. So, so rest or an internal peace is something that God gives to you. It's a gift. If it's a gift, you didn't work to get it. If it's a gift, you didn't earn it. If it's a gift, peace is something that Jesus puts into your heart. He's the Prince of Peace. He brings a peace in the midst of the storm. Notice what Jesus spoke. In one place he said, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome. So inside you is someone who has overcome every situation possible, and he walked at rest. When people pressured him, he didn't respond to pressure. People yelled at him. He didn't respond to the yelling. People rejected him. He didn't respond to their rejecting him. He was at rest and, and in confidence on the inside. So notice what he says, I will give you rest. So rest is where you come to a place of peace inside that no matter what's outside you, God is in control and he's going to work out things for your good. It's, an, it's a place of rest from struggling, striving, fear, and anxiety. And notice what he says, you shall find rest. So when he says he'll give it to you, and said the other thing, he says, you'll find rest for your soul, which means then there's some part that we play in pursuing coming to a place of rest so our lives are not stressed out and all tense all the time. Because when you're like that, if you're stressed out, you can't relate properly. If you're stressed out, you're not intimate in your relationships. If you're stressed out, you tend to be irritable with people. 
And so Jesus is saying, if you're stressed out with the demands and pressures of life, he said, come to me. He said, you will find rest. And he gives some keys to it. I want to show what he, he shares are the keys to it. Here they are here. And the, uh, the biggest key of all is the one that you wouldn't recognize perhaps. Let's have a look. Notice what he says here. You will find rest for your souls. Here's number one. The first thing he says, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Now what that is, it's an invitation into relationship. Now you see, if you struggle with stress, probably you look up on the, uh, on the internet, stress, how to solve, keys to solve. And so I get a list of things I got to do. So now I'm struggling with things to do. And it doesn't resolve what is the core problem, which is I'm anxious that I won't be adequate for the situation. But if I came to confidence, God is with me, God will help me, and he will show me, and he will provide for me, I can come to a place of rest inside. So you have a look in the, even the Christian bookstores, 10 steps to this, 15 steps to that, four steps to that. You do all the four steps, and somehow it doesn't work for you like it worked for him. And that produces some frustration. God wants you to be able to recognize what you're looking for is found in a person. It's in a person. You're stressed out and burdened. You've got things that make you angry, frustrated, are going on in your life. The answer is not doing a list of things. It is a person. It's a person who has overcome all of those things. It's a person who when you engage with him, your life comes to rest. So Jesus says, come to me. So in other words, he's saying, don't just come to a list of things you have to do. Do this, do this, do this, and then this. He says, come to me. Come to me. In other words, exercise faith that I who have overcome will help you overcome too. Come to me. How do you come to me? Very simple. Jesus, I'm really needing your help right now. It's actually really quite simple. Here's the second thing he, he, he says. Come to me. He says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Now, when we think of the word yoke, we would tend to think of a, something that harnesses a big ox to a, a smaller ox. But for the people who were listening, the Hebrews, that wasn't what it meant. It, they were, in the Hebrew culture, there were a number of key rabbis in Jesus' day. And each rabbi had what they called the, their yoke, the rabbi's yoke. And the rabbi's yoke was their teaching and their lifestyle. So if you became joined to a rabbi as a disciple, you took his yoke on you. To take his yoke on you meant you, you listened to his teaching, you came under him. Uh, sometimes you see that in, in Asia in the Kung Fu movies. They go to the master and they become disciples of a master. They, they come under his leadership and his lifestyle and they watch him on how to do life. And so Jesus is saying, he's saying, here's the first thing, come to me because I will accept you, I won't turn you away, I will welcome you, I love you and I want to help you, so come to me. And second thing he says then, he says, take my yoke on you. In other words, become a disciple or follower of me. He said, in other words, put your life into my hands, every aspect of it. I want, I want to not just give you a moment's blessing and an altar call, I want to bring you into a life. He says, it's a lifestyle of embracing my teaching and the way I do things. So he said, I want you to become a follower of me. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus first spoke to the uh, disciples, he said, follow me, I'll make you to become a fish as a man. Jesus' command has always been, follow him. And you are following someone or something. You're following TV, you're following the media, you're following the politicians, you're following the influence of society, you're following something. Jesus says, follow my teaching and lifestyle. Align with how I do life. Align with my priorities. So if we want to find a place of rest, it's not about praying a simple prayer, Jesus help me, and getting a momentary breakthrough. God wants you to learn about a lifestyle of breakthroughs. And part of that is coming personally into relationship. Part of it is embracing his teaching and how he does life. And then notice what he says. A third thing he tells us to do, learn from me. Learn from me. Now, we, we tend to think when we think of learning, sitting in a lecture, someone's telling us some things. 
That's not real learning. Biblical learning, the learning that a disciple had with his master, was a process of asking questions and listening for answers. So when Jesus said, I want you to learn of me, he says, I want you to engage in a lifestyle where you interact with me and talk with me and ask me about life, and I will show you what to do. At the age of 12, Jesus was with the rabbis of his day or the religious leaders of his day. And we find in Luke 2, I think verse 42, somewhere around about there, it says that he was in the temple sitting with them, asking questions and listening. So what Jesus is saying is this. He's saying, if you're stressed out, I want you to make it a point of opening your life to come to me. I'll not turn you away. I will not reject you. You don't have to strive or struggle. I want you to surrender to my teaching and way of doing life. And then every day, let me teach you. Let me help you overcome in life. Let me show you how to win in life. And that's a process of asking questions. It's a process of listening. And so what Jesus has done is given us his spirit to come into our life and we talk to the Holy Spirit. We engage the Holy Spirit. We connect with the Holy Spirit. We ask him to show us what to do. Why? Jesus said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit to help you. So of all the assets you have in your life to help you win in life, one of the, the greatest assets is the very same Spirit that gave Jesus victory comes to live in your life. So we need to learn to listen to him, to ask questions, and to yield his direction. When you do that, life becomes a lot easier. So we need to learn how to build with the Holy Spirit. I want to show you something uh, that the Bible tells us to do or not to do, and that is found in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And before we go there, just one more thing. I want to show you one more thing. He says, uh, he says uh, take my, learn of me, learn of me. Let me teach you. And then he points out two things. He said, because I am. He says, I am meek and lowly of heart. Now, you need to understand, those are the keys. See, we always want lots of things to do. But Jesus said, there are two attitudes I have which enable me to win in life. Notice the first one is meekness. You think, well, what the heck is meekness? What does that mean? What is meekness? It's not a word we use very much. Let me give you the opposite of meekness. The opposite of meekness is is anger or angry. So the opposite of being meek is being angry. And I go around, I find lots of people are angry, even in church, angry about all kinds of things. The word meekness means your strength is under management now. You don't react when things happen in life. So he said, one of the reasons that I'm able to get victory in life is because I've harnessed my inner life. If you have no control over your spirit, you're like a city broken down and without walls. He said, so I've learned meekness. I've learned to harness my strength and not react angrily when people attack me or do things to me or things go wrong. So meekness is crucial to building a life flow with the Holy Spirit, learning to deal with anger when it comes up. I think a lot of people don't handle their anger very well. We're going to just look at it just quickly in a moment. So not only that, Jesus said in one of the Psalms, he said that the meek he will guide in judgment and teach his way. So God has promised to teach you if you can harness anger and deal with and resolve anger and stay under management and under the direction of the Holy Spirit instead of reacting to things that happen. You know, no, we can get so, uh, people come to church, they lift their hands up, oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and then the car park driving out, someone gets in the way, hey, go, 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 and we get angry. Or on the way to church, you know, and someone cuts you off, or you get held up, or there's people get in the way, and, oh, 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 and you're angry, and they come in, oh, praise the Lord, brother, blah, blah, blah. And we don't realize we, we need to deal with this issue of anger. So the first thing he says is, I have learned to bring strength under control. I don't react to life. I listen to the Holy Spirit and respond. Second quality, he says, is loneliness of heart, which is the word humility. Now, humility doesn't mean I'm, oh, poor me, I'm just a humble person. Humility means I agree with God's view of life. 
I am who he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. And I've adopted a heart to serve God. So the Bible says in James 4, 7, that to the humble, he'll give grace and empower them to win. How about that? So the opposite of a humility or lowliness of mine is pride. 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 So notice what he says. The two common problems you notice with people is pride and anger. Focused on themselves and angry that they're not getting what they want. He said, that stops you living a life at rest. But he says, this is what he said, but I have harnessed my inner man. I have learned how to be meek, how to yield my strength and depend on the Holy Spirit. And I've learned to draw on the grace of God to help me. And those are the hidden keys to getting victory. Now, I want you to look with me in Luke, uh, sorry, in Ephesians chapter four. And we're gonna go down. I want to look at just about three or four verses there and just give you a few things that will be of help for you. So we look in Ephesians chapter four, and when we go there, we have a look in uh, around about verse 30. Ephesians four and verse 30. And we read down there, and he says, look what he says. Let, uh, in verse 30, Ephesians four, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Spirit of God who has sealed you to the day of redemption. In other words, don't do things or have attitudes that will cause the Holy Spirit I gave to empower you to be grieved. See, it says, in other words, consider what's going on in your inner life and overcome the tendency to do things that cause the Holy Spirit to grieve and draw back from you. He'll never leave you, but you may have no power of the Spirit flowing. So I've realized that one of the things that's very important in my life, in, in my walk with God, is to be aware and sensitive to the Holy Spirit and not to grieve Him. Not to do things or say things that are gonna cause Him to draw back because I wanna have this, uh, uh, I wanna be able to live and walk in the presence of God so that if someone is here, I can just absolutely be confident God is here with me. Touch him, Lord, right now. Let your power come over his life and touch him. Just open your heart to him. His presence will come on you right now. There it is. I want to be absolutely confident that wherever I walk, God is with me. And his presence will just touch people. I want to stay in the flow of God. I want to stay able to minister God and bring God to people. Think about this. You are sent to represent God. Jesus to the world so that means not just doing things but representing what he's like carrying his attitude meekness humility and then presence of God just comes so easily on people so I can teach you how to hear the voice of God and to build your spirit man but learn to manage your inner life and you'll find the spirit of God will stay and there'll be a flow of his river in you all the time but you have to manage your inward life I will just show you one particular area to manage. Can I just pray for you? That's right. Just like to stand up. Just come over there. Thank you, Lord. Just stand there. Close your eyes. And so if I was to minister to someone and I've got conflicts in my heart, the first thing that'll happen, I'll begin to think, what if God doesn't do anything? What if nothing happens? So when you have internal conflict, you're not at rest. And it's much more difficult to work with the Holy Spirit. But if your heart comes to rest in God, then you can be quite confident his presence will come. Thank you, Lord. Just move and touch him right now. Touch him, touch him, touch him. Holy Spirit, come on him. I didn't even touch him myself. But as I believed God to flow through me, I saw his spirit move. So God wants you to build a lifestyle with him. One of the big desires of my heart is everywhere I go, I can bring God to people so they get touched by God. That's what I want to do. And I want to help people come nearer to God. See? That's what I want to do. That's what I am passionate about. And if there's blocks and things, people need to be delivered. Hello there, how are you? Hi there, how are you doing? What's your name? Hmm? Oh, God bless you. Let me just pray for you then. You're a Muslim. Okay, you've come here today. I'm so glad you came. I'm really glad you came. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad you came. 
God really loves you. He really loves you and you're seeking. There's many things you're seeking for. One thing you're seeking for is peace in your heart because you've been through so much turmoil. The Lord shows me there's been major turmoils around family and you're looking for something. You're looking for answers. And God wants to give answers to you, wants to bless you and touch you. What if you just to close your eyes? The Bible says God is not far from any one of us. And God would want to touch you with his love. The Bible says God so loved the world, he sent his only son into this world. What an amazing thing that God would love people like that. Lord, I just pray for this young man that you would touch him with your love today. Lord, let your presence just come over his life, minister to him. Let him feel a peace come into him today. Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit coming on him. Spirit of God, just fall gently upon his life today. Let him feel what he's looking for, to be loved absolutely unconditionally. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, it's interesting. What did you feel? Well, interesting. What did you feel? You didn't expect that. No, you didn't expect that. Well, that was a nice surprise then, wasn't it? Amen. You see, all you did was, I, all I did was I asked you just to open your heart for God to touch you. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it, eh? Isn't it amazing? Come on, let's give him a great clap. Good on you for coming up like that. <clears throat> and people everywhere are seeking and seeking for Let me just draw and fit. Let's see if we can close this up. And it says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit who sealed you to the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and loud yelling and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Notice if you have a look at that list there, it says don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And then you notice all of the items it mentions in the list, bitterness and uh, extreme anger, rage, outbursts of anger, anger that's buried, uh, evil speaking, loud shouting, all of those things, all of those have to do with people and relationships. How we react to people and how we treat people. So somehow your relationship with God is connected also to how you treat people. And if we treat people badly, we grieve the Holy Spirit. Why does it grieve Him? Holy Spirit's a spirit of joy. Why does it grieve the Spirit of God so much when we treat people badly? Because He loves them. Can you imagine standing by and someone you love and they're being mistreated? You would be grieved in your heart. You feel grieved because you love them and you're, you're treating them so badly. So God is saying in the scripture, He's saying, guard and treasure your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways you do that is deal quickly with your attitudes and reactions in relationships. And he identifies some things in there. Bitterness. People become bitter when they've been hurt by someone. They got angry and resentful and brooded and wouldn't let go the forgiveness needed. And it begins to grow like a root in the heart. And then pretty soon they're angry and churned up all the time. And out of that, they begin to criticize, speak evil, speak angry words, or they want to get revenge. So in the scripture, God's saying, rather than have those things in your life, you need to become tenderhearted and actually learn how to forgive. Now, one of the big issues I have noticed that people have, even in church, is so many are angry about so many things. Why do people get so angry? Here's why people get angry. Because something I expected to happen didn't happen. Well, I expected that there would be no crowd and there was a crowd and I get angry. I expected the traffic would be light and it wasn't light and I get angry. I expected you would notice me and you didn't notice me and I'm angry. I expected I would get first place, but I didn't, and so I'm angry. And so you find that people get angry. Most times we get angry when something we expect to happen doesn't happen or something we feel we're entitled to doesn't happen. I served and the pastor didn't notice me and didn't say anything. And we feel angry. 
We see someone else treated better than we have been and we feel angry. It's not fear. See, something I felt entitled to was taken from me. So you find when people are angry, inevitably, they're angry because they perceive someone has taken from something from me, my rights have been violated, something I'm entitled to, something I should have had, didn't happen. So you have a marriage breakup and a young child sees the, the family flying apart and they're very angry. And they have every right to be angry because something has been taken from them, a happy family situation that they expected to have. So there are multitudes of things that cause or trigger off angry, trigger off the angry feelings. And if we don't manage it properly, soon it becomes resentment and bitterness and we find ourselves grieving the Holy Spirit and have no power to live the Christian life, to live the life God wants us to live. Notice what the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4, verse 26 and 27. It says, be angry, but don't sin. And don't let the sun go down on your anger or give place to the devil. So here's the first thing it tells us about anger. It says, okay to get angry and feel angry sometimes. It's okay to feel angry. It's all right to feel angry about situations. It's a natural emotion to have when something we expected doesn't happen. But then the Bible tells us do these things. It says, one, don't sin, don't explode and injure other people because you're angry. That'll grieve the Holy Spirit. It, not only that, he says, don't hold your anger inside. There, there's a, uh, someone told me that there's a Chinese word for endurance or endure, and it's a heart with a knife over it. <laughs> Kill the emotions, hold it down, something like that. God doesn't want us to bury what's in our life. He wants us to resolve it with the Spirit of God's help. And so he says, don't let this, so there's the third thing he says, don't, don't go to bed angry. I wonder how many of you here go to bed angry most days. Angry with a father, angry with a mother, angry with someone at work, angry with some other person. And what God is wanting to do is teach you how to get rid of that. If I'm going to walk with the Holy Spirit and be filled with the Holy Spirit, I need to manage what happens in my life and ask him to help. And Jesus said, this is how you do it. You come to me and you respond to my way of doing things and I'll show you how to deal with it. So let me show you simple things. If you're feeling angry, if you've got issues of anger in your life, simple things you can do. Number one, you need to acknowledge it. Need to acknowledge it. See, being angry means I'm entitled to something so somebody owes me. It's a debt. So number one, need to acknowledge it. I'm feeling angry. No, I'm not angry. I'm just irritated. No, no, you're angry. No, I'm not angry, I tell you. Oh, yes, you are. You're angry. No, I'm not. You know, yes, you are. See, so the first thing, if we're going to deal with anger, we need to recognize anger. We need to recognize that angry feelings are coming up. Number two, you need to ask the question, what am I angry at? What am I angry at? Or who am I angry at? What has triggered off this feeling of anger inside? Who am I angry at? Mr. Father, mother, someone who did something, someone who didn't do something. Who am I angry at? What am I angry about? What was I expecting that didn't come? Now you've nailed it. What do I believe they owe me? Well, they need to give me an apology. Oh, okay, that's it. That's the debt that you've got holding there. Oh, well, they need to say sorry. They need to pay me back. So you begin once you ask those questions to see, well, that's what you're expecting. Now, here's how you deal with it. Number one, having acknowledged it and found out where it is, then you need to just grieve over it and let it go. Just grieve over it. Grieve over it. Sometimes we just need to grieve because we've been hurt by what happened. And the next thing you need to do is then is forgive. Jesus said, be kind, tenderhearted, and forgive one another. To forgive is to release the debt you don't owe me anymore. Oh, I don't want to do that. Well, then you'll grieve the Spirit of God and you'll struggle in your Christian walk. Oh, I don't want to do it. It's not fair. I know it's not fair, but that's why Jesus died on the cross. He took injustice and unfairness to the cross. So come to him. Lord, you understand how I feel. Lord, I bring this issue to you and I let it go. And as you've forgiven me, now I forgive this person. 
But I have found that if you don't forgive from the heart, your heart remains in turmoil. And some of you today are in turmoil. Jesus said, if you don't forgive from your heart, you open the life for tormentors to come into your life. Matthew 18, 35. Many people I know are tormented by evil spirits. And one of the things is they're very, very angry because of what happened to them. I prayed for a lady the other day. And uh, she was struggling with major issues in her life. And we tracked down and asked the Spirit of God, can you show us where these all started? How did this start in her life? Where did this all start to come from? Because she can't hold a relationship together. There's anger and there's violence in the relationship. Where's all this come from? Who is she angry at? And the Holy Spirit began to reveal, and it came to the surface. And this is what had happened. When she was an infant in the womb, her mother had attempted to abort her. And even the undeveloped child could sense this attack on its life. And all her life, she believed she was unprotected and that people could not be trusted and people would try and harm her. And all her life, in all her relationships, she was experiencing that. And we began to pray and said, let it go. Let it go and release forgiveness. And as we did, these demonic spirits of anger and hate came screaming out of her. Her struggle, she was a committed believer and yet struggled deeply because there was a huge unresolved ball of anger because of what someone had done to her and she just needed to forgive and let it go. When she let it go, she was able to be delivered. The Holy Spirit came on her and you could see the tangible change in her countenance. God wants to help us to win in life. Jesus said, if you're troubled, come to me. If you're in torment, come to me. Major reason we're in torment is because sin is operating in our life. Because fear, unbelief, struggles to prove we're something, resentment, anger, but it's all these things create churnings in our heart. God wants to bring peace into your heart. You know how you can know if you are starting to grieve the Holy Spirit and His presence is starting to go? It's very easy to tell. In Colossians 3.15, it says, Let the peace of God be an umpire in your heart. Let the peace of God, if you have no peace in your heart, then it's an umpire telling you something is going wrong. It's time to resolve it. Some of you today may be struggling in your hearts with all kinds of turmoil. The whistle is blowing. You know, in a, in a, in a, in a game, when the, someone breaks the rules, the umpire puts his hand up, blows his whistle, and sometimes gives them a red penalty card, and they're off the field. Some of you, the umpire has blown the whistle, you've been given the card, and you're not functioning like you should be. Because there's something in your heart you need to resolve. If you were to ask God, show me what it is, he will reveal it. And then you can come and bring it to him. Lord, I choose to forgive rather than holding this anger, bitterness, resentment, ill will in my heart. I want my heart to be freed from this. And I want the Spirit of God to fill me so I can walk with him. Why don't we just close our eyes right now? Jesus came to save us from the power of sin. The first step of any change is to come to him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So I want to extend an invitation. Is there any person here today who would like to become a follower of Jesus? To put your life in his hands and ask him to forgive your sins. The Bible says we're born in this world separate from God because of sin. Jesus came to die on the cross for our sins and then he rose from the dead and now he offers life. Is there any person here today ready to receive Jesus, to become a follower of Jesus? I'd like you just to raise your hand, let me know. I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. God bless, sir. Anyone else? Anyone else? Any other hands? God bless. Anyone else? God bless. I see the hand over there. Anyone else? God bless you, dear. I see your hand. Well, anyone else today opening your life to Jesus Christ is one of the most powerful ways to change and begin a new life. God bless. Anyone else? 
Why, just keep your eyes closed. This is what I want to ask you. Who are you angry at? What is it you're angry about? Holy Spirit, just bring the name and face of that person into their mind right now. Some of you are angry at a father. He broke up the family. He was unfaithful. He was violent. He was distant. He was abusive. He hurt you deeply. Some of you may be angry at a mother. She abandoned you. She was very critical of you. She was cold. Maybe she tempted to abort you. You don't have to keep this anger in your heart. You can let it go. Perhaps some of you are angry at a family member. The way they treated you, older brother, older sister, and the way they treated you hurt you deeply. Some of you may be angry at a teacher who humiliated you. Some may be angry at a religious leader of some kind, a small group leader. It doesn't really matter. Who is it that God is bringing to mind that you're angry at? Would you not walk in peace and rest with God and forgive that person? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit any longer. Make a decision. I'm going to let it go today. I'm going to release this. Perhaps some of you have been abused. You may be a man and you were sexually abused by some other man. You're very angry inside. Rage. I prayed for a man this week and every time we laid hands on him, he would just begin to explode in rage. So then I decided rather than just get the demons manifesting, I would just, just let the love of God touch him. So I held him and hugged him. And he was just like raging inside. And then he began to calm down and began to weep as he felt God's love touch him. He was set free that week. He let go forgiveness. I wonder who else here today, God is speaking to you. Don't hold the anger any longer. Release forgiveness. Let it go. So you can have the peace and the presence and the, the flow of the Spirit of God in your life. I'd love to pray for you. If you felt God speak to you in that way, brought someone to mind, would you raise your hand right now? Just raise your hand over the place. People that, that's right, God, unresolved conflicts, unresolved conflicts, unresolved conflicts. God bless, God bless, God bless, God bless. All right, then this is what we're going to do now. We're all going to stand in a moment. And any person who wanted to receive Jesus, be a follower of Jesus, come to Christ, come and just stand in front of me. I'll lead you in a prayer. Let's stand together. Let's give them a clap, City Harvest. Several people put your hand up. Would you please come to me now? God bless you. Hey, how you doing? Just stand and face me. Are there any others who wanted to receive Jesus? Please make your way to the front. Please make your way to the front. God bless you, son. God bless you. Jesus, God loves you. God loves you. Hey, God bless you, man. Where are you from? Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Awesome. My son-in-law's from there. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. Hey, God bless you, son. God bless you. God bless you. There. Anyone else? There's others over here. Come on. Just keep praying. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. Hey, God bless you. Is anyone else wanting to receive Jesus? Come to Jesus today. God bless you. God bless you, dear. God bless you. Anyone else? Hey, God bless you, son. God bless you. Hey, God loves you. <laughs> Anyone else? It's not too late for you to come. Anyone else wanting to come this morning? Come to the Lord. Come to know Jesus. Come a follower of Jesus. Hey, God bless you. God bless you. Hey, God bless you. Fantastic. I'm so pleased. Is there anyone else? We'll wait a little longer for you to come. Church, let's keep praying. Let's keep praying. God bless you. I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad you came. Hey, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anyone else? Wonderful. Okay, I want you just to close your eyes right now. The first way, the first step we make to becoming a follower of Christ is to just recognize our need and who He is and ask Jesus to forgive us. What you're wrestling with is called sin. And there's a remedy for sin 
It's Jesus dying in your place on the cross because he loved you. I'm going to lead you in a, a small prayer. It's called the sinner's prayer. It's a prayer to just acknowledge who Jesus is and to invite him to come into your life. His spirit will come into your spirit. God will come to live in you. He will forgive all of your sins. And you'll begin a journey with God instead of being alone in life. I want you just to follow me in this prayer. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins and to rise again from the dead. Today I turn from sin, from all false gods. I turn to you, the living God. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. I ask you to forgive my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. By faith now, I receive your spirit. I receive forgiveness. And I give you my life today. Before heaven and earth, I declare, Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord and my friend forever. Amen. Just remain there for a moment. Lord, let your peace just come upon each one. Thank you, Lord. Spirit of God, just come on him now. Spirit of God, touch him. 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 Spirit of God, come upon him. Spirit of God, touch him. Touch him, Lord. Touch her, Lord. Touch her, Lord. Touch him, Lord, today. Touch her, Lord. He loves you. He loves you. Receive his spirit. Receive his spirit. Receive his spirit into your life. He loves you. He loves you today. Holy Spirit, come. Spirit of God, come. He loves you. He loves you, son. He loves you. He loves you. Take away the shame, Lord. He loves you today. Really? Thank you, Lord. God is touching people. Thank you, Lord. Son, God loves you. I just break this rejection and the grief that's been over your life. I release the life of God. Touch him, Lord. Touch him, Lord, today. Touch him today. Touch him today, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Touch him, Lord. Spirit of grief. In Jesus' name, right? Touch him, Lord. He loves you. I break the shame on your life. Touch him, Lord, right now. Touch him with your presence. Touch him, Lord. Touch him. He loves you. Wherever you will call me, take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. Touch him, Holy Spirit, right now. He loves you. Fill her, Lord, today. Fill her, Lord. Father, I break every curse of idolatry. Loose in Jesus' name today. Thank you, Lord. Touch him, Lord. Spirit of God, come. Spirit of God, touch him. Lord, touch his life right now. Lord, touch him, Lord. Touch him. Fill him with your love. Let your presence come over his life. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap and thank him. So many people touched by the Spirit of God. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to God's family. It's a great family. You made a great first step. I want to pray for people today. And when I was ministering, you knew that God spoke to you, that there's anger in your heart, there's bitterness in your heart. Maybe it's against a father, mother, a family member, uncle. Could be against someone at school, someone who's hurt you through life. And as I was just speaking, I asked you to stop and thank you. Just knew in your heart, you remembered the person, their face came to mind. 
I'd love you to come up and let's believe God together for him to set you free from bitterness and anger and to just unlock your life again. It's inevitable difficulties come. That's part of life. But you and I choose how we handle them. And Jesus chose not to react in anger. In fact, when the disciples said they rejected you, should we call fire down on them? He said, no, you don't know what spirit you're of. I haven't come to destroy people. I've come to save them. Jesus came to save you. Would you let him help you today? Come on, let's come, let's come. Many people today with issues, many people with things in your heart, God wants to help you today. Come on, let him come, come. Please come, please come, please come. Let's make our way to the front. God wants to help us. Come, come. That's right, just come. Please come, please come. God wants to help you. People are still coming. People are still coming. Okay then. Just close your eyes now. Close your eyes. It's about you and God now. Now, this is what I want you to do. Remember the person that you're angry with. Who is it? Why are you so angry at them? Remember, what did they take from you? What debt do they owe you? Now just grieve over it. Let it go now. I'm going to release forgiveness. Did you react and make an inner vow and say, I'll never let anyone get near me like that. I'll never let anyone hurt. You need to renounce that inward vow. Did you make a judgment and say, well, men are always going to treat me like that or men will always, you can never trust a man or men will always be abusive. You need to renounce that judgment. Or you've made a judgment against women and well, women will always treat you like that or, or, or leaders or people in authority will always hurt you betray you you need to let go that judgment see we grieve the spirit of God when we harbor these things in our heart and we open the door for evil spirits to come I'm going to lead you in a prayer to release forgiveness and let it go when you've forgiven someone then just bless them pray God's blessing on them keep in a place of blessing them that's how you stay free you say, well, they don't deserve it. No, of course they don't. But that's not why you're doing it. You're doing it to keep yourself free. You're doing it because that's what God is like. Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them. And they don't really know what they're doing. And God forgave people. Jesus wants us to be like him. At rest inside. Next person gets treats you badly. I just forgive them, I bless them, I move on, not letting them mess my life up. When you're angry at someone, you've given them control over your life. Now, this is what we're going to do. I'll lead you in a prayer. Then I want you just to worship the Lord. We'll come and lay hands on you. The power of God will come on you. Some of you may experience being delivered from evil spirits. It can be noisy. There may be screaming or shouting. That's demons coming out of people. The rest of us will just, when I'm doing the ministry time, you can just stretch your hands out and just begin to pray. Are we ready now? Just follow me in this, in this simple prayer. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Lord, from my heart, 
I confess I've held anger and bitterness because of how I've been treated. I ask you to forgive me now. And I forgive and release those that hurt me. I release them now from my judgments, from the debt I, they owe me. I release them now. And now, Lord, I ask you to set me free from this turmoil inside. I ask you to anoint me with your spirit, enabling me to walk in victory. In Jesus' name. I renounce every judgment I've made. I renounce every inner vow I've made to protect myself. And I ask you to set me free. Thank you, Lord. Let's begin to worship Him now. Church, let's begin to reach your hands out and pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I come against witchcraft. I break the power of witchcraft. Spirits of bitterness, spirits of hatred, spirits of death. Spirit of grief. soul ties to that traumatic experience I break it now Lord touch him touch him oh, thank you Lord thank you Lord Holy Ghost come thank you Lord 